You may remember them as the Garlic Girls, the Curl Vengers, or simply as Team Kim. They're a story that certainly will stand out for years to come from the Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympics, but even has caught the attention of, say, Time magazine this month, uh, this late in the year, going months on from the Olympics, after accusing their coaches of trying to derail the team, of uh, abuse, of holding back prize money, of the kind of discord that has led them to stand up and demand some change. This is, though, an accusation that cuts right at the heart of the Career Curling Federation, the connection between the father of the female coach but the suggestion of male dominance within there. Now, against that backdrop, let's now bring in on the line Peter Gallant, who's actually the former head coach for Team Kim, and joins us on the line from Canada. Thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, you're very welcome. You've already gone on record as saying you stand 100% behind Team Unjong Kim. So you're on the players' side of this dispute. Oh, definitely, yes. Uh, those girls became very close to me uh, during the three seasons I spent with them, and yeah, I, I'm, I stand behind them 100%. Where did you fit within the coaching structure that they are now rebelling against? Um, I was brought in as a so-called foreign coach to basically help uh, speed track their development, if you will. I've been around curling for a long time, and uh, I think that the organization uh, felt that bringing somebody in with my experience would uh, enable the team to better prepare to win the national championship and then go on and and hopefully have success um, in in the Olympics. So uh, I worked with the girls ninety um, percent of the time. I worked exclusively with the girls on the ice for training, and uh, and I was basically their their main coach when it came to curling. So that was my role. Because some people might feel confused. I mean, they might even have heard this story first and presumed you were the coach that they were upset with. But it was, <laughs> it was another coach oh. and and her husband and her father. Can you explain, based on your experience, what that relationship is? Well, basically, uh, Mr. K.D. Kim, uh, he basically runs the, the curling facility in Uisong, and uh, that's where the girls train. And I'm not sure what kind of uh, contractual obligations there are there with the team and him, but it's his daughter that uh, called herself the head coach of the team. So, um, you know, she'd be the one that was in all the photos, and uh, she'd be translating uh, the things that I'd be saying to the girls. So, you know, they're the ones that uh, uh, created the hardship for the girls. And, um Yeah. <laughs> but in your eyes, relationship with the girls was fan- fantastic. So, but but in your eyes, uh, this head coach in inverted commas, Kim Min Jung, was perhaps more of a translator for you then than someone who was actively coaching them in the immediate uh, build-up to the Olympics. Well, that's basically the way it was. But in her eyes, it wasn't, and um, she wanted to be uh, seen to be in charge, and and she was. She basically told the girls what to say in interviews, and uh, she was in charge of scheduling and, and uh, you know, organizing. But when it came right down to the curling end of it, um, she was only maybe involved 10%. Well, 
when we interviewed you just after the Olympics back in March, it was a time of great celebration. These girls had not only put curling on the map, they themselves had become national and maybe even international celebrities. Um, but we just thought that you were a bit frustrated by the lack of facilities and investment behind the scenes. Was the scale of this uh, kind of abuse and disappointment that the players felt uh, you know, on your mind even back then? Well, they were, it was kind of two separate things. I, I never really had an issue with the Korean Curling Federation other than the fact that you know, we, we really needed them to back the team as far as making sure we had good facilities to practice in and, and uh, you know, accommodate the team as best they can, being, you know, we were the home team. So um, that was, at that point in time, that was the only frustration I had with regards to that organization. And, uh, you know, there, there's been no issue with the people involved there as far as uh, mistreatment or anything. They've, they've been fine. I think there's always been a poor relationship there between the Korean Curling Federation and uh, and the Kim, Katie Kim and, and Min Jung Kim, that family. Uh, I think they've always had a poor relationship, and they always seem to butt heads. And I think that's where, you know, there wasn't uh, as much cooperation maybe between the two parties as, as would have been ideal. And uh, I think that's where most of that came from, and, and I'm not sure whether... Uh, that lack of cooperation was the reason, you know, for some of the issues we had back then. But, uh, um, you know, it, it it's difficult for, for a team to uh, do what you want to, you know, achieve what you want to achieve when, when everybody's not working together. From the curlers' side, you know, they say that prize money was held back. That's been denied. So this is an ongoing allegation and, and scandal, were you aware of any claims at the time of, of international competition money being held back? No, I didn't really get involved with that aspect of it. And uh, like I said, I don't know what the agreement was between the team and, and Katie Kim. So I can't really speak to that. Understand. Uh, if, they, if they say that uh, it was held back and they didn't receive it, I believe them. Uh, I don't see why they would come forth and say that and make that allegation if it wasn't true. So. Yeah, the, the counter-argument has been that that money was used for costs and uh, other uh, procedural uh, administrative uh, expenses. I'm just curious... The fact is, though, they haven't, they, they haven't played since the Olympics, basically. They played a few games in their national playdown, so, um, you know, they haven't traveled. They haven't had to pay for any travel. They haven't paid any entry fees, so, uh, you know, where's the money? So. Well, there we go. Uh, and, and also... Uh, many of these other complaints have occurred since the Olympics, to be fair, so you wouldn't have lived through them. For example, the claim that um, Kim and jong was uh, under pressure, verbally abused, um, and, and essentially they tried to edge her out, the allegation goes, after she got married in July, uh, also being asked to appear at certain events that they weren't comfortable with. They're kind of being treated like like pawns not like the star players they are. Is it, that's very odd, though, isn't it? Because it, it was their performance that placed the country front, right and centre in this sporting arena. Yes, it should have been uh, It should have been a big celebration year for the team. It, it should have been a, a fun year for them with some of the pressure of the Olympics off their back. They should have been able to go and compete at the international events like they had intended to and... Uh, you know, really celebrated the fact that this Korean team won a silver medal. It, it should have been a phenomenal year for them, and, and instead it's turned into a, 
you know, not a very good situation. And uh, I was I was in Korea for uh, Unjun Kim's wedding. She invited me to come over for that. So uh, that was a real treat for me to be there for it. But even at that point in time, you know, I knew there were some things happening that, uh, you know, that, that weren't good. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that it's come public. Yeah, and, and actually this isn't necessarily something I expect you to comment on, but I feel uh, some need to just throw it out there. This is representative of a deeper problem within society, the idea that a woman, when she gets married and plans a family, is suddenly n- no longer able to stand up. But what I do want to ask you about on that note, do you think that the status and personality of these players is such that they can rise above the organisation and prevail? Well, I certainly hope so. I'm, I'm certainly hope that they get the support uh, that they need to get through this, and that they can carry on with their curling careers uh, without, uh, you know, without those people involved. And uh, you know, if they can just move aside and let this team continue to train, and, and uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident that they can reach the high level that they're at in the in the Olympics, and uh, you know, the Beijing Olympics are four years away, and. And I know the team would love to be able to get their game in a position where they could go to the Olympics again and compete for Korea and try to win another medal. But, uh, uh, you know, and there's still lots of time to do that. This year is not the most vital year to be competing, but, uh, you know, they need to be able to practice and uh, practice with uh, and be able to have some fun at it too, you know, not feeling the, the weight of the pressure and, and the issues that are happening to them. Some other quotes I mean, that in you... Canada when uh, in Canada when uh, when uh, you know for instance Jennifer Jones is arguably one of the top women's curlers in in the world and and she's had two children in the last couple of years so um, you know it doesn't hold her back she just you know continues to play and she's still at a high level just because somebody has a baby doesn't mean that they're done. Well, look at Serena Williams in tennis or any other examples of people in very strenuous physical athletic sports and i know curling is more strenuous than perhaps some people give it credit for but the precedents are there what about from the perspective of the federation going forward you were quoted as well as saying in the past that it was headed by people who don't know the game a lot of them are military people put there to lead it but don't really know anything about curling that's kind of worrisome are there enough people of that generation those sort of management age Given the very, very recent success of, of Korean curlers, um, are you confident that there are people who can, within the country, take the lead if necessary? Well, that, that is a, it is a problem because of that. I mean, curling is a relatively new sport to the country. You know, it's maybe only 20 years old or so. And uh, in, in Canada, you've get re, you get retired curlers that have played the game for 40 years that kind of in many cases, move into executive positions and all of a sudden they're having some input into what's being done with, with the Canadian organization. So in a country like Korea, it is different. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's lots of really good people that, that uh, are, are capable of moving into president of the KCF, for example, and, and managing it uh, properly. But, but, you know, it's difficult to find somebody that has knowledge of the game of curling itself. And I think there's got to be a blend there somehow. Like you, you need to have, uh, you know, the skills of managing, but you also need to have a, a little bit of the, the knowledge of the game to know how to move it forward and know how to develop the sport and know how to get new people involved to, uh, you know, and, and get people to really like it. So 
because it's a great sport for youngsters to get involved with, uh, get be active, and uh, you know it shouldn't be any different than going on a playground and playing baseball or, or soccer or football. The kids should be able to have the opportunity when they're young just to win and try to start curling and uh, and you know not just uh, the the super elite players, but just as a recreational player. Yeah. So you know I know it's it's a difficult very difficult uh, task to get the right person in place and uh you know certainly no intention of me to be overly critical of, of anybody in particular but uh, it, it's just a difficult uh, role to fill i would say if there was a change in management going forward and and the players prevail over those alleged abusers would you consider returning uh, well, I'm currently under contract with, uh, with a team for this season, uh, a team from Switzerland. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be fair to, for me to speculate one way or the other. Um, you know, it, it would certainly be the, the first move would obviously be from the team. Um, and, and then it would have to be looked at after the season's complete. It wouldn't be fair to the, the current team to make any decisions. Peter Gallant, former head coach for Team Kim, at least for now, former head coach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.